93.7 FM. Good evening and welcome. This is your Superstation Joy 99.7 FM and this is Strong and Sassy. My name is Animo Animado and we'll be doing this until 8 o'clock tonight. Now, as you're well aware, um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So trust that we're going to have um, some difficult conversations, possibly shed a few tears, um, but all in all, leave you hopeful and perhaps most importantly, leave you aware. Um, we're always told that early detection is key when it comes to, especially the cancers that affect women. So as much as we're having these conversations, we will encourage you to get checked. My guest for tonight is Mr. and Mrs. So I have two guests. You know how so normally we have the conversation and we speak to the, the woman who survived breast cancer, but tonight, we're speaking to Auntie Joycelyn, but we're also speaking to her husband because this month we really want to focus on how breast cancer impacts the family and how couples are able to navigate their way through sickness. I was telling Evans Mensa earlier that sickness is one of the top five reasons why families break down. And it's funny because it's actually in the vows, in sickness and in health. Um, but thankfully, Mr. and Mrs. Yaokuma have sailed through um, intact. So we'd like to see what we can learn from their story. Good evening and welcome. Good evening. Do you want to say hello to your husband? So your husband is on Zoom. There he is. Hello, Edward. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you too? I'm very, very well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Edward is um, outside of Accra, so he is joining us by Zoom. So, um, Jocelyn, let's just start with the beginning. How how did it all start? How did you find out that you had breast cancer? Okay, so 2019 started well for me. Mm. So, um, November 2019, just okay. after Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay. Uh, I'm a nurse, but I, I never went to check because I thought I didn't have a family history and uh, I was fit. So first week in November, because my husband lives outside Accra, we will usually talk after work before we go to bed. So I came back from work around 9 p.m. and then we were just talking. I was lying on my back, not really doing any breast examination but by some chance or grace mm. I just touched my breast and I felt this hard knot and I actually screamed and he was like what is it I said I felt a lump in my breast and was like oh go and have a check mm. so he kept on reminding me have you check I'll go to work come back I even discussed with a few friends at my workplace they were like oh 
uh, I, I actually just weaned my last baby of the mock like somewhere in September. Okay. So most of them were like, oh, it it's could a be blocked milk ducks or something like that. So okay. I, I relaxed for about almost two weeks. Okay. Before uh, I was hoping this lamp would just disappear mm-hmm. because every morning I would touch and then nothing was, it wasn't going away. Okay. So one of the days I went to work and I was like, no, let me just have it examined. If it's nothing, then praise the Lord. Because, you know, it's not all lamps that are cancerous. Of course. So I went and the doctor examined. After he examined, he was like, the way it is defined, it is rounded. He was using all those terms. Mm-hmm. I want you to do a breast scan. So that same day, I went and then did the scan. So the technician started asking me questions like, oh, do you have children? I said, yes, I have three. And all that. Then he was like, hmm. What I'm seeing in your breast, it looks like cancer, just like that. So I was just like times two still. <laughs> I mean, first of all, are technicians allowed to make such you know, diagnosis? Like I, I don't know what he just said. He just it, blessed he just, us. He just said it because you know the way he was asking the questions and all that. Your age, children. I said I have three children and all that. So he just said it. You know, bluntly, just like that. Just like that. So when he realized that, I, I, I was shocked and surprised. He was like, "Oh, don't worry. Uh, take it to your doctors. They will advise you on what to do." And it was like that day, my time just stood still. Yeah. <laughs> I was confused, but then I took the report and then went back. Showed it. So, to the- so wait. So that w- how did you walk? from <laughs> the the room with mm-hmm. the mammogram. Like, how did you walk from there? To where did you go next? I, I don't know how I did that. I had to drive back to work because I was then working at Kolibu. Okay. And I went to like um, about 15 minutes drive from away from Kolibu to do this. To do that, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how I got back. Because the I, technician I, had told you at yeah, that point that from me. what I can see, you have cancer. <laughs> yes. Like, that's it. That's it. Then hands you the report yes. and, and says, okay, to, go yes. to your doctor. Yes, go to my wow. doctor and they will tell me what to do. So I said, okay, thank you. And I, I went back. So it's like I became disorganized. I couldn't work again. So I went to see the doctor and he was like, oh, I can see you are worried, but just relax. We need to do a biopsy to confirm. Sometimes the scan will pick that. It's cancerous, but it's not. So he tried to like counsel me, encourage me, and all that. So I had to wait to see the doctor the following, another doctor the following day. I did, and they said I have to do biopsy. Hmm. Now, to book for taking the tissue mm-hmm. and then taking it to see the pathologist and then having the reports back takes like about two to three weeks. So you can just imagine that psychological trauma yeah. you'll be going through. Hearing the technician's voice. <laughs> yes. So it's turned out to be tears, prayers. I mean, that's when you become like, God, why? And all that. So I prayed and wished that the report pathology will come out to be negative. But then I was there after doing this uh, biopsy. I was there one day and then they called me that I should come for my report. I <laughs> I asked them, please, can you tell me over the phone? They said no. No. So I went and I picked it. They asked me not to open it, but I was curious. As in, like, you should <laughs> hold the report, report send it not back to, open it, and send it, and to, my send it to them. Wow. Yes. So I told you, who brought the sample? He said you were the one. So I opened it. And when I saw it, that day, 
the confusion was more than the first one. Wow. I stood by the roadside for about 30 minutes. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I didn't know whether I should go to work. Who should I call? I mean, I was just confused. I stood there for about 30 minutes, and then a friend called me that you're supposed to come to work. Are you coming? I said, I'm on my way. So I, I went with the report to see the doctor, and then they said, okay. So there's hope. There's treatment. You've seen it early. It's first stage and all that, so we'll start treatment. So December 10th, 2019, I did surgery. And then 2020, 13th January, I started chemotherapy. Okay. So I just want to check in with Edward um, about his emotions between... Edward, are you there? Okay. So Edward, tell me about your emotions between... The moment when the technician told your wife that she possibly will, that she had breast cancer, to when it was confirmed um, by the biopsy. How did you feel? Yeah, thank you very much. Um, it, it, it wasn't actually easy. Um, I was actually confused. Breast cancer, we've always been hearing about, about it from outside, extended um friends out there they'll talk about it but for it to get close to you and not a family member but your wife it was actually not easy but there was one thing that i i did i i actually for my fears i didn't make my wife know of my fears okay so i kept encouraging her she would talk lament share all her fears and all that but for me i was strong but when i go to my closet i also lament wow what was your biggest fear at that point yes the the, the fear is basically the uncertainty about the future you don't know what is really going to happen we know the how deadly the breast cancer is mm. so your wife being diagnosed as somebody who has a breast uh, or who is having a breast cancer, you don't know how the future is going to be like yeah. for, for, for her. Wow. So it, it, it wasn't really, really easy. It was psychologically. It wasn't easy. Justin, what, so when you, you got the diagnosis, did you think you were going to die? Yes, at a point. You know, all sort of thoughts come in mind. Mm -hmm. uh, you can respond or not respond to chemotherapy. Yeah. There are people not that don't respond. And my doctor told me that for what the type I had, there is hope. Okay. So the possibility of responding was high, but still, mm. I had fear of death. What was the surgery like? The surgery was okay. So <laughs> it's, I, I think surgery was okay with me. It was okay. We, we, I was booked. I went in took me to theater and then uh, I came back okay. after so they took out the lump or you had yes. a mastectomy the lump was taken they just it took was out the lump. Uh, very small like less than two centimeters okay okay very small so like I, I picked it up early early yes yeah okay so let's so you have surgery you take out the lump you yeah. have a few days to rest and yes. then chemo starts yes please okay so walk us through the chemo journey <laughs> so I I've heard a lot about chemo. I have read, I've nursed patients mm. who do chemo and come back on admission and all that. 
But then I never imagined. I never that it would be you. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, you can sympathize with people, but until you are in their mm. shoes, until it happens to you, you know. So I just told myself, okay, I am a strong girl. I've been through worse situations than this. So have you though? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, I think I've had some bad life experiences. Okay. Illness, okay. appendicitis, and all those okay. things. So I felt, oh, this is just going to be one of them, and then everything You'll will overcome. be fine. Okay. So I walk in boldly for my first chemo. Hmm. And <laughs> after two days after the chemo, the fatigue, tiredness. Wait, so before that, what's chemo actually like? Because people don't tell us. Okay, what so is like it's like this thing chemotherapy sounds very what is it like you so it's a medication the, mm -hmm. that is given to treat uh cancer kill okay. cancer cell okay okay but it's toxic it's cell toxic so uh, as it's killing the cancer cells it's killing the normal the good cells ones as well as well mm -hmm. so it's like it's breaking down your system okay so you have fatigue so wait, so you walk into a room yes, and they just give you the medicine? So you have to see a doctor. Okay. They prescribe the type. So the breast cancer, we have types. So we have the big umbrella, breast cancer. Mm. Then we have types and subtypes. Okay. So they will test which one, which medication that you respond to, okay. to prescribe. So they prescribe with the dosage. Okay. And then you are booked for a day in a week. It's like Monday to Friday, so a day is picked that you can fit in. Then you walk in, they set an IV line, okay. and then hang it, drop the medication in the infusion, and then you sit. Some of the medications take three hours. Okay, wow. Some take two hours, some one hour. Then you can have a combined treatment. So either you are having combined, so that's two medications or one medication. So each person and then how they are treated. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 could spend about five six hours there yes, yes. if it's one after the other. Yes. Getting yes. so that's what the chemotherapy. That's what is. chemotherapy is. Right. And then tell us about how you felt after your first treatment. So my first. Did Edward was he able to go with you? Once. The first one. The first one I went with my mom. Then okay. later he took me and he then the radiation well. to you was around. Okay. Okay. So I took the chemo the first night i couldn't actually sleep mm. the anxiety the fears the uncertainties and all those things so i actually had a restless night but then the first day i think i had some strength okay the second day then i started feeling the weakness the mm. fatigue uh, nausea diarrhea i mean everything worse you can think of because essentially it's like it's killing you yes. i mean it's killing you to make you better yes but it's killing you yes so wow i had so you can either have constipation or diarrhea okay unfortunately i had diarrhea so you can just be moving your bowel like just every 10 minutes you are moving wow. it's got so worse that at a point i couldn't even clean my it was so it sore. was so so i had to use water, water to wash up after moving my bowel that was how bad and the weakness and you know it's just chemo is not a pleasant experience that's why people will take one two and decide not to come back it yeah, takes people do that. you know the will to live or survive to always wake up and then decide okay i'm going for it and then sometimes i just start counting by okay one more then i'm done one more then i'm done just to encourage myself mm. because 
it gets way. You get mouth sores. I lost some of my toenails. It rushes As in on the toenail. The to yeah, the, the whole nail, nail coming off. It, it darkens. Just, it wow. first darkens and then it comes off. As in it falls off. Yes, it falls off. Like you are walking and your toenails just falls off. <laughs> <laughs> it just wow. fell off. Like yeah. And then you see people, their nails become very dark. Mm. Yeah. Their palm, your palm, your skin, it affects your skin. So I had uh, mouth sores, rashes, um, loss of hair. Mm. That is obvious. obvious I mean, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, loss of hair. Then loss of appetite. Though your nausea will be treated, they'll give you some anti nausea medications. You know, at that moment, even sugar tastes bitter in your mouth. Mm. Nothing tastes sweet in your yeah. mouth, but you need to eat to survive. So you are just eating to survive. You are just fighting for your life. So anything that keeps you going, you do. Did you, I mean, you're talking about rashes and sores and stuff. Did you want to be touched? Did you want to be held? I mean, hmm. your your emotional, your need for emotional connection through the, the battle. Like, what Sometimes was that you like? just need someone to hold you and tell you it's okay. It's okay. Right? Sorry. It's all right. Joy 99.7 FM. Take your time when you're ready. <laughs> Take your all right, time. so it gets very hard. Keep this frequency clear. Okay. Let me talk to Edward a little bit okay. so that you can. So, Edward, when um, Joyson was going through chemo, what was that like for you, seeing your wife in so much pain and so much distress? Yes. Um, before um, I respond to that one, let me take you back a bit. Before this, uh, the surgery, again, the fear was there. We didn't really know um, how the surgery would be like as to whether the whole or the entire breast will be taken out mm. we don't know so she'll keep asking so what of if i go and they have to take off the entire breast will you still be with me with one breast so i have to encourage her at that point and i told her also that even if the breast is taken out i know there's a silicone breast and all those stuff so we can go in for that yeah now um back to the, your question the chemo it was not easy looking at her especially after the first chemo that um, the signs were just so visible her hair started going off and all those stuff it was not easy you come back home and that is your wife mm somebody you know so well, somebody you stayed with for years, and suddenly all those drastic changes, it, it was really, really not easy. But constantly, we have to keep encouraging ourselves. Because myself, I, I was also downfounded. I was also down. So she also encouraged me at a point, and I also encouraged her at a point. It was really not easy. I, I can imagine, Joyce. By this time, you had, oh. you still had a little baby, didn't you? Yes, he was one, one year, three months. 
when all of this was happening? How yeah. did you cope with the kids? <laughs> and how did they cope with seeing mommy so sick? Okay, so um, the elderly one, they were, she was seven. And then I had so seven, five, and then the last one was like one plus. Mm. So I, before uh, surgery, I called the two because I felt they would understand. understand yeah. So I told them, mommy will be going to the hospital for some surgery and I'll be going again for another medicine and my hair will fall off and they will see different a different part of me, like I will change, but then it just for a moment, it will pass and everything will come back. I know they didn't really understand because understand. seven years, yeah, what are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just had to, you know, tell, se- them. tell them. So I told them that the Delta one, he was just walking and picking his speech. So the days that I'm very weak and I couldn't even get out of bed, I call them and then they will support me. Sometimes you are just tired of sitting in the bedroom, so I want to take some fresh air. So then they will now come and support me, mm. walk me outside. And one, the first time it happened, the second time. So the second time it was like, mommy, again, you know, again, why are you, like, yeah, he was trying to, you, why are you yeah. always being supported? And then he will ask me to carry him. And I didn't have the strength to oh. carry him. So I remember after treatment, one of the days I bathed him and then I carried him. He was so excited, Ooh. saying, "Oh, mommy, you've carried me!" Like you, the way he was behaving, yeah. I was like, "I was." It meant so much to him yeah. that yeah, I yeah. was carrying. So I felt that, oh, so this carrying was. It meant a lot to him that I should carry him. But at that moment, I didn't even have the strength the to carry strength him. To so carry the first day I carried him, he was so excited, so excited. and. Now they talk about it. Mommy had breast cancer. The elderly one is now 11. So they know that, okay, mommy has had breast cancer and all that. And it's become, it's, it's now a normal conversation in the in house. In the house. Yes. So, so you don't feel like it had any um, long-lasting emotional effects on them? No, they are kids. So kids. I mean, they'll face, grow up yeah, and ask questions. They'll ask questions, yes. But for but now, for, they're okay? They're okay. At that point, uh, my mother-in-law came for them. Okay. So that at least... Uh, you can rest and they, they don't have to yeah, see. Yeah, they don't have to see a lot of all that I was going through. So they were away for a while. And you know, 2020 was COVID and yeah. all that. So there was lockdown. So they were with their grandma and I was with my mom here. You know, taking care of me. I'm sure their grandmom spoiled them. <laughs> oh, yes. They asked for grandmothers. <laughs> you can't believe oh, yes. that they would. So, okay, so you've done the first phase of chemo. Yes. And then what, what was next? So, after chemo, you do what we call radiotherapy. Okay. So, with radiotherapy, it's like a, a scan machine that gives radiation. So, it's supposed to cure the cancer cells in that part of your breast. So, it's also a form of a, a part of cancer treatment Mm. so i did that for three weeks you are supposed to go every day monday to friday for three weeks or five weeks depending on your treatment plan wow yes so no matter where you live you go every single every single day the machine is uh, positioned against that part and then after i think barely 10 minutes you get up and then you go okay so that one too, a lot of people complain that it gives nausea and tiredness. For me, I felt the fatigue and all that, but I think it was also, radiation was kind to me. It was better it than was chemotherapy. Better. Yeah, though, you know, you have darkness, you know, that around your breast, you can have ulcers and all those things. But then, 
I felt came it, was bad. It's, it's kind of burning. It's burning it, yes, away. It's, yes, I mean, yes. So, wow. so now when I go naked, one of my breasts is darker than the, than other. the other. Yeah. Okay, so you did that for for three, three weeks. weeks. Yes, okay. please. And then um, after that, what happened? So after that, then you, the type I had is mm. hormone positive. Hormone positive. positive. Okay. Yeah. So I I am taking a medication we call tamoxifen. Okay. So I take it every day. I'm I've okay. So I'm now in my third year. So basically, I'm going to take it for five years, and then I'll be assessed if I will still it will still be effective. Then if it it will be effective after the five years, then I move on to ten years. Okay. It's so it's supposed to prevent the cancer from coming from back. From coming back. Yes. Okay. So you did the surgery, yes. you did chemo, yes. you did radiation. radiation therapy. So you did one round. Yes, it it's a, it a conti like you do one after the other. Okay. So after chemo, then you do radiation. And then that was it. And then yes, but then there's another treatment we call hormone treatment. Okay. So the type I had to uh, it's a head two gen. Like okay. they identify a gene called HER2. So we, there's a medication we call Herceptin. Okay. It's an injection you are giving on your thigh okay. for 18 times. So it's like a year-long uh, treatment. Okay. So that one after chemo, after radiation, you continue for like a year okay. before then you are done. So which means that in your case, the chemo and radiation worked? Yes, I'm still alive. Wow, that's amazing. That I'm is really alive. amazing. Yeah. So what was that like when you you finished your round of chemo and therapy? Because I'm sure the doctor had a conversation with you about where you were. What did he say? And so um, I went back. I asked, what next? Am I in remission? I said, yes. Yeah, so for now, every year we'll do a mammogram. We'll keep on checking you, checking up on you. You go for reviews and all that. And then... Uh, we watch how it goes. So mm -hmm. basically, uh, I go for reviews. I still do labs. I still do mammograms and all that. How often? And so uh, you start with one month, then three months, six months. Currently, I'm on six months reviews. Okay. Okay. So it's looking good. It's good. <laughs> yeah. It's it's looking good. Edward, I mean, how, how do you feel now after everything that um, Joyson has gone through, you know, and, and knowing that it, it may never be completely over, but it's also kind of over. Hmm. Yeah, so the excitement is there um, because looking at what we went through or she went through, um, and so the, the very last day that she took the, the, the Herceptin, I was like, oh, now I'm done with all the, the, the cycles. I was so excited. <laughs> but um, currently, once in a while, I'll ask, so what next? Mm -hmm. Is there not any test for us to do or for you to do so that they will declare you completely uh, cancer-free? Mm. So currently, that is what I, I, I keep asking. But yeah. I, I'm so excited now about that where you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone through all that, and she's fine. She's healthy now. If you look at her, she's even more beautiful than ever. Edward, you are coming to score points on my show. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Edward, 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 
nice one. Please, madam, they said you are looking more beautiful than... Thank you. <laughs> but you don't see it. <laughs> ah, women. Women. Uh, Edward, you see how we are. When you yes, say yes. it, then we'll say you don't say it. Why are we like this? They said you don't say it enough. Please try and be saying it often. Yes, yes, yes. Not that I know. Uh, I have to increase the number. Yes, please. In increase the frequency. It's very... So I, I, I'm interested in how the, the, the process, the chemotherapy and all of that affected your sex life. So let me come to Edward first, because I can imagine that whilst Justin was going through all of this, no shots were being fired. <laughs> well, intermittently. Intermit okay. Yes, okay. intermittently. I must admit. Okay. Um, because looking at the period um, involved um, to save your stain off completely, um, it might be a bit dangerous. <laughs> yes. Um, for for the woman, I think she or they, you may be able to cope. That is you, woman. But um, a man may not be able to cope for that longer period. So intermittently. Um, we try, we try uh, shots, but it's not as it it used to be. Mm. Why? Because the chemo drugs made a lot of changes, mm. so it wasn't as it used to be. But at least man, man, man must survive. Man, man, exactly right. So I mean, um, Edward says intermittently. So what, what what does he mean by it intermittently? All right, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was dry. Okay. You know, the chemo affected my sex drive in the extent that nothing wet, nothing it does wet me or ten, yeah. turns me on. on. Yeah. But then I didn't want to lose my husband after mm. chemo, after cancer treatment. Mm. So then we have to use lubricants and all that so as he said i wasn't enjoying it but i just had to do it yeah yeah so it wasn't that i was just trying to play my role as a wife as a wife yes to keep the marriage going mm. so though i wasn't enjoying it i had to do it you had to yes to so buy, but obviously i mean it wasn't um, painful or no, it wasn't painful, it wasn't fun. It's just like, okay, we have to do it. We so, have to do it, yes. I mean, and I mean, you say it like this, and it seems like it's it's a trivial matter, but it's actually a very, very, very important um thing. And I can imagine the burden on you and also on him, but that burden of knowing that if I may be sick. But if I don't take care of my husband, then somebody else will. Yes. I mean, were you afraid? Did you have that fear? Of course. You did? <laughs> of course, because, look, the changes I had was just like, like I had aged like 20 years my age. Mm. I had bloated, become darker. I can see. I mean, this is you, right? <laughs> yes. It's... it's, it's my whole hair was gone. was gone. So when I look in the mirror, I don't recognize myself. Mm. And I know that for me, it was even affecting me. So how, so much, how much him, more him? Yeah. knowing that like, this is a different, like this is not Joyce Lynn. Yeah. So it's like, what do I do to keep him in the yeah. home? Yeah. So at that moment, 
that is the only That's thing the only that thing you can I, I, I can do for him to feel that I'm still his yeah, wife. So, I, I mean, Edward, <laughs> what was it like? Because obviously, I'm looking at a picture of, of Joycelyn, um, and I understand why you say that she's much more beautiful now. She is. I mean, obviously, the treatment took a toll, but she had lost so much of who she was so she wasn't as attractive like she said she was darker she was bloated i mean did you still find her attractive or were you also in your way kind of you know let me do this to 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 preserve the integrity of what we have so that my physical needs don't drive me to make a decision that would impact the family yeah basically that was that, that was it um at that point Excuse me to say, the attraction wasn't there. Hmm. Because the lean, I call her lean, and then she calls me L. Ish. The lean that I knew <laughs> was not the lean staying with me hmm. at that point. So the attraction wasn't there. But as I said earlier on, man just have to survive. Sometimes the 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 edge will come but sometimes you try to kill it but sometimes yeah you just have to yeah, you yeah. Just have to. i mean i must so say that i i I, 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 I realized that at that point she was also just trying to uh to please yeah yes to just make me feel that okay fine we are still on we are still together and despite the the condition we, we we are still husband mm. and wife i really admire your commitments to each other um i mean for a wife to not feel attractive and for a husband to say you were not attractive but i'm still going to stay and try mm. to make it work i mean i think that's absolutely un amazing um so wow well thank you edward i don't know how many men um would you know would would stay and, and people run away yeah people run away yeah. so yeah. wow okay i'm trying not to get emotional um <laughs> but but yeah so okay so now you finish chemo you finish radiation what was it like to get yourself back <laughs> it wasn't an easy thing because you know it's not easy to lose weight hmm. uh, so you didn't become skinny no so you are you know Cancer treatment has advanced, more research and mm. all that. So you are put on steroids, you know, to help the, with the side effect of... Okay, and obviously steroids uh, will make, make you, you bigger. Yeah. yeah. So basically, the first chemo, second chemo, I was like just doubling. And wow. <laughs> he was like, ah, what's happening? You're just becoming big, big, big. My tummy, my face, it's like, you're just putting on weight. Yeah. Even if you don't eat, you put on you weight. You put on, yeah, the steroids yeah. would do Yes. That. So I really, I went to, before chemo, I was, I think, 68 kg. Mm. Then I went to about 90 kg. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was, that was That's big. That's a massive, yeah. Yeah. So then I just had to work out. We started working together, having, we will take walks you know, exercise, take water, change diet, and all that. I, for a moment, I knew that, no, I need to go back to my former self. Mm. So I went off carb, carbohydrate, and a whole lot of things, stop eating fats, and just eat vegetables, more vegetables, more water, I work out, just to get back to my... To get back to yourself. Self, yeah. And it worked. Yes, it worked. 
Wow. And and how about um the your your like your skin, yeah. your hair, your nails? So the the hair I realized that three weeks of that's like one week after the last chemo, the hair started shooting back. Little little little, little, little sprouts of hope. Y- yes. <laughs> and it was really beautiful and like baby hair. Mm. So it came and then I wanted, he likes hair, like long hair. And I had this very beautiful, curly, long hair, heavy kind of hair. So I know he, my husband admires hair a lot. So I decided, okay, for you, I'm going to start perming my hair again. Okay. And he was like, oh, there's no need to just keep it short. I was like, are you sure? (laughs) I don't want any issues. Mm -hmm. So one day he came back and I braided my hair and all that. He was like, yeah, worry yourself, just keep it short. I like it that way. I said, okay, fine. If you are sure, then I'm going. To, I'm going to cut it and not perm. Yeah. And then so, for let me say three years now, I've had You've my had hair short. short. Edward, why did you switch from the long hair to the short hair? Tell us the real yeah. reason. Yes. Um, it was. I just have to adjust to it because after the time that she lost uh, her hair, there was nothing. It was. The head was just bowed. Um, <laughs> wow. There was nothing. Like head, yeah. But I adjusted. So at that point, I realized that it's not always about the the hair. Hmm. It's not always about it. So if I was able to adjust at that point, and I see ladies out there with a the short hair, my wife can equally do that. Okay. And then, and then we move. I, I encourage her to. And also, I don't want um, her to start putting creams and all that. That probably may result into something else. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's also one factor. But basically, I just have to adjust. Okay. Um, oh. So so now we did the short hair. Your nails, did they grow back? Yes, they grew back. Okay, and then your skin. Yeah. So you were just like really taking care of yourself to kind of come, come back. Come back. Yeah. How about emotionally, spiritually? <laughs> spiritually. So every day I tell people that it is the grace of God mm-hmm. to go through this and come out successful. Because uh, at a point I was depressed. Yes, I experienced depression. In, and in the process. In the, in the process, okay. yes emotionally it's like you are down a lot of things like it's chemo is just a lot of things so emotionally psychologically spiritually you may not even have the strength to pray Mm. so i have to follow my pastor and then friends that i think i intercede for me i wasn't praying i was just listening to gospel songs Mm. something to keep me going because like the we, to even open my mouth and say, God, I didn't even know what to say at that moment. Yeah. So all I would do is just listen to songs to encourage myself. And, well, the depression, it was really bad. Mm. It was bad to the extent that I didn't want to do it. Like, you lose your strength. I was in bed the whole day. I didn't eat. I didn't feel like brushing my teeth. Wow. I, it was as if I was giving up. I gave up on myself. You gave up. I locked myself in the room. I refused to go out. And it was actually my kids. Mm. That's, it's like, I just heard this voice that was like, so even if you, you die, why lock up yourself in the room and leave your kids out there? If, yeah. if it's one hour, why won't you have that moment with them yeah. so that they can cherish that moment? 
Why lock up yourself? I'm not giving up on you. So why are you giving up on yourself? Wow. That voice, I knew it was just the voice of God talking. I just all of a sudden felt this strength. Mm. I got up, brushed my teeth, bathed, and then went out and I went to play with them and all that. It's it I mean this my life is a testimony it's it took the grace of god to go through it to go through that so i mean basically at at the very bottom it was god using your children to remind you that there was still a reason yes to fight to to fight are you glad you fought very glad (laughs) (laughs) very very glad I, i i mean um every day I wake up and I thank God that I'm still here. Mm. There's a purpose. Why? There's I was a just going to ask you. I mean, the next question was going to be, do you feel like there was a purpose for everything that you went through? Yes. Because hmm, this conversation can take like the whole day. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. You know, there are days that you wake up and it's like, <clears throat> you just don't know. Then it's like, there was a day my mom told me she was scared because I was sounding nasal. Like, mm. that day, I don't know what it was, whether I was hallucinating. But then when I closed my eyes, it's as if I was being, I was seeing my body in a casket lady state. I don't know what was happening to me. It's like I was sound, I was hallucinating or sort of something. So, so that day, I just knew that, no, if today I don't survive this thing, then um, I'm gone, mm. you know. So it's like, <laughs> this conversation is it it, it 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 breaks you down it chemo the whole thing like breaks your system down psychologically emotionally and everything but then at the end of the day i just knew that no uh, i need to fight if not for myself for the kids yeah i didn't want them to grow up without their mother I know my friends that I work with, some of them, when they give birth and they don't have a mother, it's hard to raise their little ones. Mm. So I wanted to be there for them at least. If I see them grow up, they, I, they have a mother figure in their life. It's better than to say we lost our mother to breast cancer. So I just knew that I need to have that will to survive. And then I thank God that he granted me that grace mm. to, to, to actually fight because Life has been good. Since it's, it's has, eh? I it can ha- see on yes. your face. Yes. Like, life has been. Yes. Life has I, been. And I appreciate life much, much more, be- more yeah. better than, you know, I, I, I say I enjoy as much as you can afford. I mean, first I was very reserved and all those things, but I just think that, look, we'll die one day, but let's enjoy. So let's enjoy. Yes. yes. Ed- Edward, what kept you going? What was the one thing that really kept you i mean you described yourself as the one who was strong through it all so what kept you going well i also say the grace and then um you can't take the, the god figure cannot be taken out so the grace was strong for me and uh, the grace kept me going and also the love mm. yes the love the one i love you so that love was still there and it's still around. That love is still in. So that love kept me going. And every day I will encourage her, mm. you will make it. We will be together as we were. 
and and that's it so when you look at her now after everything that she's been through what what comes into your mind when you look at it well uh, i i just thank god for everything yes i thank god for everything and i i i i know it's it's, it's a god's will for us to go through this mm. so when when later she told me that she wanted to be an advocate i was like fine i think god wanted us to to turn to do the something. pain into something yes to tell the story to encourage people out there especially she being a nurse mm. and going through this she narrates the story better and people get to understand it better yeah yeah yes so it's also one thing that um i look at now and say that okay probably god wanted it that way I see. So, so how is the sex these days? Oh, it's fine. It's it's better now. It's better In fact, now. it's best. It's best. <laughs> <laughs> he said it's best. Joy ninety-nine point seven. I I actually thought it won't come back because even after treatment, you thought your sex drive won't come back. Yes. Okay. After treatment, it still didn't like bounce back like that immediately. It took time. I had to. I started reading you know what to help me and all that and uh you know you when you go to the internet you find solutions oh yeah, yeah good or yeah, bad yeah, yeah. So, you find solutions. So, so you solutionize so I, yourself <laughs> and you are back in business yes that's so amazing that's so amazing so we're almost out of time but we have about three four minutes tell us about your um advocacy Sunflower Breast Cancer Support, support Group. group. Yeah. yeah. So uh, basically, what I do is that back in Kolebo, every Tuesday and then Thursday, mm. I go to the surgical chemo unit okay. and I share my story to encourage them that I've been through it. They should look at the transformation before and after and that there is hope because most of them come and there is lack there's no hope at all at all yeah. yes and you don't get people to talk to you during my treatment because there was COVID, like no one talks to you and i had my chemotherapy at the oncology department where we have different cancers coming for treatment mm -hmm. so you may be just one breast cancer patient receiving a uh, treatment with multiple set of patients with different cancers so it's like you can't share your experience with the next patient for advice or to even encourage you okay so what you felt after the first chemo it's normal and all that so it was like there was a, a path of loneliness someone to even encourage you oh what you are feeling you'll be better and all that so after everything i decided that look let me share my story let me encourage someone yeah yeah and then sometimes people not even saturday one call me was like auntie joyce and come and buy a bravo monkey because your talk, the way you are, you understand us, and you are able to encourage us. Some will even call me two a.m. to say, "I'm feeling this way. Is it okay?" Then I will say, "Yes, it's okay to you know go away to be better." So basically, that's what we do. So we we educate. We go. I go to churches, educate, share my story, and then tell them that there's treatment. Because people still go to herbalists, people mm. go to churches mm. and come back 
in a bad state. Mm. At the end of the day, when it spreads, you definitely come back to the hospital yeah. for treatment. Yeah. Because that man or God, after praying, praying, and the cancer doesn't go, they will, when it's straight and it starts smelling, they will direct you to the hospital. Mm. So whatever has manifested physically, even if it is, you believe it is a witch, it has come in the physical. Why won't you pray and then do the treatment? What do you have to do as well? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then combine it. So I, I don't think God is against us, uh, you know, going for getting, getting medical, medical treatment. treatment. No, I don't yes. think so. Yes. So that because a lot of people come in the less in Ghana, why we have high mortality is because people don't decide early. Mm. They come in the least state maybe stage three stage four by then nothing much can be can be done for you so it's better you come early and then when you come early you people can take like three months to decide whether they want to do surgery or not wow yeah they want to go and pray and ask god if god want them to do that and in the meantime it's it's growing it's growing yeah Yeah, it's it's like a time bomb you know so the day you see it it's not like it's started like a year or something Mm -hmm. that you've not noticed so the day you because i said i picked my ellie but it was like stage one somebody will pick but even you mm-hmm. you procrastinated yes because from when you felt it to when you did it was my it husband was who was always exactly. asking me it was like exactly. if he was pastry me every day have you gone to jail yeah. that is why i even went so it's like you know because it didn't come with pain or anything just, it was just yeah. a painless lump so I felt okay. This is just a lamp I wear, remove, and then life goes on. Yeah. I didn't know I had to go through all to this. Go through all this. Wow. Yes. Let me take a few of your messages. And we're almost out of time. Good evening to you and your guest. I'm a four-year breast cancer survivor, and I'm so excited about this topic. Congratulations, Jocelyn. Um, Issy says that's quite a journey. I don't have words for the emotions it evokes. I admire your strength. Thank, thank, good, thank goodness for a great support system. Putting your story out there is another mark of your strength. Keep that beautiful smile on. You have no idea the many that you are inspiring. Um, Thank you for those of you who are tuned in on Facebook. Francisca says we thank God for um, his faithfulness. Doreen says, God bless you, Edward. Men will stay, boys will run away. (laughs) Um, Mawena says, thank you for sharing your story. Brownie says you're an inspiration. Um, Possible says, thanks for sharing your story. We're very grateful. Your life is a testimony. Oba says she's very glad that you are well now. Gifty says, thank God for your life. Mavis says, enlightening and inspiring. God bless you and Edward. So yes, I'll mirror their sentiments. God bless you and Edward. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And we pray that um, it's only good things.